Hello and welcome to Ultimate Free From Menu from the Allergy and Free From Chat, uh, where we get someone in to talk about their favorite appetizer, starter, main, side, dessert and drink. And this week I have Alex Chapman joining me for a chat. Hi Alex, thanks so much for taking the time. Hi Ben, thank you for inviting me. Thank you. No worries. So you guys might know uh, Alex from her blog, which is Gluten-Free Suitcase. I believe that's right, isn't it, Alex? Uh, Or some people call you, do do you ever go by Gluten-Free Alex? I think I've seen on your Um, your Insta as well. No, I um, it's my <laughs> the gluten-free suitcase is what I've always had since I started my blog. Um, that often gets shortened to suitcase uh, within <laughs> within my friendship groups, but no, um, it's the gluten-free suitcase. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And Alex is going to be joining us in London to do a uh, cooking demo for us, which we're all really really excited about. She's going to be joining us in the free kitchen, so we thought we we'd get you in to to chat about your favourite free from stuff and. We, I guess we've sort of hinted to it at the beginning, but the thing I've decided to do to always start off these chats is to ask you, um, like a very good waiter, what are your dietary requirements, if you don't mind telling us? So, yes, um, I am fully gluten-free. Um, so that is my own, I say only, but, you know, it's it's quite a big one. Uh, but, um, yeah, fully gluten-free, um, and I only recommend places now which are celiac safe. So that's how I that's how I eat and live. Um, so, yeah, places have to be really kind of on the ball with their cross-contamination knowledge and just, you know, have a, have a good understanding of what it means to be gluten-free. Awesome. And I'm really excited to talk to you, actually, because I know that you do a lot about sort of traveling and restaurants and all that sort of stuff. So um, I'm excited to hear your menu. Uh, (laughs) And with that in mind, um, I I think we'll start off uh, start off with a drink. So what would you be having to drink with your ultimate free from menu? Well, this is a fairly easy one. Um, I always, always would order a margarita. Um, I controversially never have salt on the rim, uh, which <laughs> sometimes, uh, you know, it has mixed reactions in restaurants. Um, but I think the margarita on its own is perfect. It doesn't need salt to me. Um, and I mean, that comes from, so I've got, uh, well, I've got one sibling, he's my half brother and he's half Mexican. So uh, from the age that I could drink, uh, we always had a family margarita and taco night um and yeah he and my mum made the best margaritas um but I had a thing because I I wondered if um you might ask me like where the best margarita I've had is of course that's that's accessible so maybe to anyone listening that maybe they can get (laughs) their hands on one that's not my family home um there's an amazing taco place in Borough Market in London called El Pastor um and they make outrageous margaritas um which can you can you repeat the sorry can you repeat the name it is from where l e l uh pastor which is p-a-s-t-o-r lovely taco place uh loads of gluten-free options um and they actually now so for those of you listening who aren't in london um you can actually order their margaritas like in a kit uh which they send to your home which is just so handy um so yeah that would be my dream drink i think with any meal probably 
Amazing. And is there a particular is there a particular ingredient in the in your margarita that you think is this is the thing that really sets this off for me? This is this is the taste. If I could narrow it down, this is the thing that really makes this the perfect drink for me. Well, I think that it can't be too sweet. So the the sours or sour mix and um, can't be too sweet. Um, and oh, I don't know, like I don't really have a preference between gold and um, uh, white tequila. I think they work, they both work well. Um, oh, yeah, I don't know. Probably just, just not too sweet so that it can actually pair quite well with food because I think if it's too um, too sugary, it, it probably won't go with what you're eating. And who's kicked off the most for you refusing salt on the rim? I feel like they, I, I feel like someone, someone somewhere has judged you. You've been judged. No, I can tell. There was, there was a little bit of an undercurrent of, of I've been judged for this before. I'm worried to tell you, Ben. Who's, what's happened? Come on, you can share with us. No, honestly, like it happens in most places. I order a margarita because it's you know typical to, to, um, to, to dress the rim with salt. Um, and you know it's happened to me more than once that I ask for no salt and they bring it to me anyway because they probably think I should have it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do enjoy it, but um, but no, I've got I've got a look at in a, in a number of places, not in El Pastor, um, in Borough, but um, but but yeah, no, I think it's a general, you know, it's 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 generally not really done to <laughs> to go salt free. Um, I love yeah. asking for I love asking for things that are sort of um, frowned upon, um, <laughs> and it it also reminds me of my I remember my dad once making a bacon sandwich for someone in my house who said that mm -hmm. they, they didn't want mustard. They weren't allergic to her or anything, but they just didn't like it. Oh. And my dad meant that meant only a little bit of mustard because obviously you have to have yeah. mustard in a bacon sandwich. So <laughs> no, I don't like mustard means a tiny bit of mustard. And for you, I, like I guess that. that's what happened with the salt. Yeah. Oh, mustard <laughs> on a bacon sandwich though. That's a good idea. I'll, I'll try that soon. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And um, uh, so let's dive into the food then. Um, so, as I always say, this is this is probably the most difficult often for someone who's who's eating free from or has an allergy is is sort of the pre you know before you even ordered the the appetizer mm. that gets brought to the table because often that's brought without anyone saying anything uh, and you know it's so often bread basically isn't it yes. uh, but in in your ideal world what's getting brought to you uh, in your perfect restaurant before you've you've ordered just to sort of get things going at the start of the meal. Okay, um, before I uh, tell you what my appetizer is, um, you'll notice a theme, I probably don't have to point it out, but beige is probably the theme of my meal today. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, yeah, it seems to be my favorite <laughs> food color. Um, but this was tricky for me. So yeah, in kind of in keeping with that idea of, you know, bread brought to the table, um, I've got, I've narrowed it down to two, if that's okay with you. Um, I will allow it. <laughs> maybe they could be brought to me, you know, on a tiny little platter or something to make them small enough to justify having both. Um, but I would say that my top appetizer of choice would probably be um, a serving of Brazilian cheese bread. So they're called, um, well, they're, they're like dough balls um, and they are traditionally made from cassava flour. So they are in most cases naturally gluten free, which is a massive bonus. Um, and they are like little cheesy balls of goodness. Um, and uh, what's it called? In, in Portuguese, they're called pau. Oh, God, everyone listening who 
speaks Portuguese or <laughs> it's probably going to judge me, but Paulo de Queijo, I think. Um, and we do have are, a really big listenership in Portugal, just to Portugal, warn you. Brazil, yeah. Please, you like my <laughs> I'm really trying. I eat enough of this stuff, so I should pronounce it correctly. Um, no, but they're like, I don't know, a kind of a cheesy version of the best obols, um, basically. Mm. Um, love those. I actually eat them for breakfast mostly but they're really nice to have on the side of like a soup or to yeah, start a meal as a gloom-free um option um and then my other appetizer of dreams would be um uh, another kind of latin snack uh, an empanada so that's like i mean for those who don't know what an empanada is it's a um like a savory a savory pastry uh, most countries in Latin America seem to have their own take on it. Um, and my version would be a classic Argentine one. Um, I, I lived in Argentina for a long time. Uh, that was back in the, the pre-gluten-free days. So I tried a lot of good uh, <laughs> gluten-filled empanadas. But they're like, um, they're kind of like Cornish, Cornish uh, pasties. Yeah. So um, okay. delicious. And... Um, my favourite filling would be ham and cheese. Um, they can, and if, you, if they're made small, they can be real good appetizer material. I think. Nice. So is it? So it's it's almost like a little parcel of goodness, yes. right? Is it? Is yes. it bready? Is it pastry? Is it crispy? Is it crumbly? It's pastry, but it's kind of it's quite uh, kind of chewy chewy pastry so on the outside it might have a, a light crisp and on the inside quite doughy um nice. but if yeah if made properly and the dough's not really heavy they can be um yeah they're not they're not too uh overbearing and they come in all sorts of different flavors but ham and cheese is my favorite um beef is also a good option but but yeah those are really good okay and we've we've had a brazilian and an argentinian uh uh appetizer so far is there yeah. a particular place that you go to when you're in the uk to get this type of food or is this something that you make at home based on experiences that you've had from living there well with the um the cheese bread really easy answer there's an amazing um company that makes uh the best in my opinion that comes frozen um it's called nat's cheesy bakes uh nat is brazilian herself she's incredible it's her own business that she built up from scratch she makes all the cheese bread herself um and uh and yeah you can order it definitely you can order it across london i know she's branching out across the uk so definitely go check her out i order <laughs> a bag of 50 of them probably every three weeks um so so yeah i know i'm one of her <laughs> her most uh one of her customers that comes back um, the most but um those are great and uh, in terms of empanadas i i actually i make my own quite a lot at home um and i've got a recipe for for them actually on my blog um the glutenfreesuitcase.com uh and they're really straightforward because thanks to just roll the geniuses at just roll who have uh, a couple years ago created the gluten-free ready-made pastry for us to use at home um, that's like a great quick alternative to making these empanadas. Um, uh, but if you are in London, again, sorry, I'm giving lots of London recs. I will go around the world a bit um, in a minute. 
Um, but there is an amazing uh, like Latin fusion restaurant called uh, Paladar, which is spelled P-A-L-A-D-A-R. Um, that is in Elephant and Castle in London. And they make a kind of, I think it's like a Venezuelan twist. Um, like I said, lots of countries in Latin America have their own variation of these amazing pastries. Um, but they're all corn based. So, um, and it's 100% gluten free restaurants. So they're all safely fried. They're like deep fried with a corn pastry type thing instead of just regular pastry. They are fantastic. Nice. That sounds amazing. And already some really, really awesome recommendations. I'll make sure that they all make their way into the video description and the comments and all of that sort of stuff. If you're watching or listening to this, uh, check out uh, below or in descriptions and stuff and you'll find some links and you'll be able to check out some of this stuff for yourself. Um, so I'm getting an impression of at, at this point that we've certainly got quite a, quite a Latin sort of flavor to our to our um, experience so far. So in terms of a setting for your sort of dream restaurant uh, experience, yeah. is that where you think we'd be? Are we going to be in South America? Is this going to be warm weather? Is it outside? Is it inside? Is it night? Is it day? What's the what's the perfect situation to be in enjoying the meal that we're about to have? I think definitely night. Uh, I like a kind of night atmosphere, some candles, um, some good kind of background music uh, that's not too loud. Um, I'm a fan of al fresco dining, I must admit. I have had some great outdoor meals, um, well, in the UK, you know, when the weather's actually nice, uh, and then abroad. Um, there is something quite special about eating, you know, by the sea or looking out at the sea. Um, but I'm not picky here. I do just like a kind of a small, vibey, um, you know, well-lit, uh, kind of casual bar dining style restaurant. Um, so I'm not fussy, okay. really. Yeah, as long as the lighting's nice. <laughs> not fussy as long as it's outside, there's candles, yeah. <laughs> it's quite small, yeah. the music's not too loud. That, then yeah. it sounds yeah. like, you know, it sounds perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's go on to starter, shall we? So what are you having for your ultimate free from starter? So for my ultimate starter, um, it would have to be a classic New England clam chowder. Um, again, yeah, beige life. Um, but it is uh, when done right, it's a very special dish. Um, and, you know, it can be it's a traditionally very heavy soup or um, chowder, chowder in general is tends to be very heavy because it's laced with flour. Um, but I think, yeah, again, when done right, um, it can be the perfect way to start a meal. Um, or it actually can be turned into a main course, obviously, but I would choose this as my starter. Um, awesome. So, yeah. And where was, your, where was your best experience of a clam chowder? Where did you fall in love with, with this dish? Well, um, so my mum is uh, from Massachusetts so growing up mm -hmm. I had a lot of um, exposure to chowders on like summer vacations um, and that was just something that we typically would order out um, when we were over there visiting family um, but as I said um, traditionally it's a soup that is you know contains lots of flour so when I went first went gluten-free you know I thought that was one of the things I instantly had to just cross off um but um the uh 
the best one I've had since being gluten free probably would be um, in a restaurant called The River House, which is in um, a very small town, uh, but very popular tourist town, actually. So this might sound like a niche recommendation, but for anyone heading to the northeast of the US and traveling around a bit, um, it's in a town called Portsmouth in New Hampshire, um, which is a beautiful yeah, little town on the water. And actually, quite famous for its gluten-free options. So right on the water, loads of good seafood. Um, but this place, the River House, only serves gluten-free chowder. So on their menu, it's instantly GF. Um, they have lots of other options too. So it's a great spot to have a lunch or a dinner. But I had that, I think it was 2017 or 2018. Um, and that was the first gluten-free chowder I'd had, you know, with this memory of amazing full gluten chowder from my childhood and it was outstanding really really good and left me enough room to then have a massive main course so ideal scenario really okay um, just before before we move off the chowder um for anyone who's because because it's not um it's not something you see a lot in the uk in truth no. it's quite quite an american dish so if yeah. anyone who's, who's not familiar with it as a dish yeah. could you go through sort of some of the ingredients and sort of yes. um drill down a little bit into what what for someone who hasn't had a chowder before, what do you expect in that classic chowder? What do you expect it to, to be eating? Okay, so <clears throat> I would say it is, um, so yeah, a cream-based, cream or milk-based soup. Um, and with, uh, let's see, I reckon they've got like, oh God, this, I probably should have looked up this recipe before I said no, this. You're all good. I <laughs> go to make it would probably be with, like onions um some sort of um i actually potatoes are in it so yeah very hearty um and then you've obviously got the clams um sometimes they throw other seafood in too um but then they tend to just call it a seafood chowder um so i think i think the basis of this soup would be they probably boil down a lot of um uh, clam shells maybe to get that broth and that um you know that amazing kind of seafoody base um and yeah just think of it like a kind of heavy soup but bordering on a stew um but yeah really really works well really works well and then obviously a lot of the flour gluten-free flour sounds sounds nice (laughs) sounds nice and and how do you find how do you find the states generally for gluten-free um because Um, i know it, it really sort of um and I know that's quite a big question because obviously the states it's so different from from place to place. But yeah. just in in general terms, traveling around, you've obviously been there quite a lot with your with your mum being from the states, I assume. Um, mm-hmm. How how do you find it when you when you're over there? Um, well, yeah, as you said, it depends where you go, really. Um, and I haven't been back um since pre-pandemic so i'm actually going in july and i'm so excited um to go back to to boston um where my mum's from and uh and test out and like go check out new spots and stuff that i've only been reading about you know the past few years that we've all been stuck where we are um but uh i mean it's been a mixed um i've had kind of mixed uh experiences lots of places if you research well probably like any any trip you make if you research well you can have a very um you know you can have lots of options and eat really well and very safely um but i have been to 
parts of the states uh, or restaurants maybe um i won't like pinpoint regions or anything where you know they haven't necessarily been as clued up on cross-contamination um okay i would have liked but i know that you know places like new york um i've i've been to new york before gluten-free um and mm. i've eaten really well um dc washington dc i've eaten really well there um and um yeah boston parts of new um parts of new hampshire and maine again on the northeast coast i know california can be quite good but it's all about or it all kind of comes down to the research element you've just got to I, I couldn't advise that. Like, I couldn't recommend researching properly enough. I know everyone listening to this who is gluten free will no doubt do the same, because uh, there's nothing like going somewhere and worrying that you're not going to be able to eat anything. Um, you know, it's a, not a nice feeling at all. Um, so yeah, I think it just depends on on the location and how in how much depth you're willing to kind of prep for your trip. Um, but okay. it's doable. Gluten free travel is doable and it can be wonderful so don't want to put anyone off no it's brilliant advice though and you know i think that obviously the the research part is so key and um it, it may seem obvious just to someone who's you know been gluten-free for a while and stuff but obviously we we speak to so many people that are recently diagnosed or maybe someone who's in their family has been recently diagnosed and um yeah. it's so hard because when you go on holiday there is a certain amount of excitement of going somewhere that's maybe a built-up area and just saying oh we're just going to sort of float around and we'll eat when we want to eat do you know what I mean but I think yeah yeah, that's not necessarily the the best thing to do especially if you're if you're going abroad no no it's not and um yeah I think that just a bit of pre-reading and you know asking around I actually that one of my favorite things about uh, my blog and why I actually started it was because I like this idea of um, kind of creating guides for people to travel easily with. Um, you know, I've, I've got a few of them on my website, which I, if I go back to places, I, I'm always updating because, you know, places do sadly close. Um, and after what happened over the last couple of years, you know, we've lost a lot of great little businesses, sadly. Um, but I am always available for recommendations. I actually love that. And, you know, if, if people, People often come to me with places I haven't been that they want advice on. And while I can't give, you know, first-hand advice, I'm always um, ready to kind of, I love researching. It's it's something I do uh, for my my day job as well, um, looking into places, reading about them. So I'm always willing to give tips as and when I can or help kind of point people in the right direction. Um, Yeah. And I think that um, you're certainly right that, you know, a lot of places maybe went by the wayside during during the pandemic. Yeah. But equally, equally, what we're we're finding at the Allergy and Free From show, uh, which is first to third of July at London XL, get your free tickets in the description, um, <laughs> is that um, loads of people launched businesses as well they did. because there they were did. you know a lot of a lot of them that sort of started in their own kitchen that have gone from strength to strength in the last two years. I know yeah. that on our exhibitor list, we've we've got so many sort of small artisan brands that just didn't exist before the pandemic so as much as yeah it's some of the sort of old guides and stuff maybe need a little bit of tweaking it's also quite exciting to get out there and see the new stuff that sort of sprung up I assume as well so you know hope hopefully it will be a sort of um bit of discovery as well as well as uh, you know some stuff's gone by the wayside but you know a few a few new bits and bobs around as well I think yeah 
Definitely. I was in um I was in Barcelona in September. Uh, that was my first trip abroad um since since COVID. Um and uh Barcelona is one of my favorite cities. I used to go a lot for work. Um and yeah, I was just like amazed at, you know, a couple bakeries and places had closed down, but not in their place, but you know, uh there were so many other new options. I had some of the best food. You know, it was a great, um, a great kind of first trip because I had lots of favourites to return to, and then I had all these new places to to try out. So yeah, anyone listening, Barcelona, as I'm sure you've seen all over the internet and Instagram, Barcelona is amazing for gluten-free food. Perfect. Also, and talking of uh, favourites, uh, if we go back to our menu now, it's time for yeah. the, the the main event of the meal. So, what are you having for your ultimate main course? on your ultimate free from menu okay so this probably won't surprise a lot of people who follow me um but my ultimate my dream main course would be um baked gnocchi uh so gnocchi which is um for those of you who don't know uh potato dumplings um that are italian um and usually uh they're not gluten-free because they roll them in flour but uh, we have access to lots of great brands of gluten-free gnocchi now in the UK, and I know there are brands all over the world. Um, but yes, yeah, so it would be baked gnocchi. The, the dish I have in mind is called, in Italian, it's called gnocchi alla sorrentina, um, which I tried for the first time when I was, I think I was like eight or nine. I was on a family vacation um, in Italy we were doing a little tour um, and we stayed in a teeny tiny town outside of Naples and where they had one restaurant uh, <laughs> and again this was in the, the gluten days but I have you know nice gluten-free recommendations for you in a sec um, but we were staying in this tiny town where they just had one restaurant so for the days we stayed in that town we pretty much ate there every day it was a, a family-run restaurant where uh, you weren't handed a menu you were told what was on the menu that day and then you just ordered um and uh my mum uh forced not forced me sorry wrong word sorry mum my mum convinced <laughs> me to try gnocchi she said you know if you love pasta so give this one a go it's different you know my poor mum she was just trying to make you know broaden my horizons make me try new things um and it came uh kind of you know in a small like lasagna dish so fresh out the oven bubbling in a fresh tomato and basil sauce um with mozzarella on top of it so the cheese was all like melted and golden brown um and it was absolutely incredible i loved it so much that i proceeded to order it for the rest of the holiday every day either lunch or so dinner basically, so basically <laughs> your mum persuaded you to have it because she wanted you to have something different to what you yeah. have normally <laughs> and what ended up happening was this became the thing that you had every day instead Yes, exactly. So, you know, <laughs> my mum did try, um, but I was a very much a creature of habit when I was little. So, um, yeah. so yeah, uh, fantastic. I mean, it's such a simple dish, and it's it's one that I recreate often at home. My mum then, you know, upon return uh, to London, my mum then had to recreate it at home. So she made her own version of it, and I've actually got my mum's version of that on my website as well as a recipe. Um, but uh yeah i mean i was trying to think of where you could get this and 
going again like around the world a bit, I think the best version of this that I've had gluten free um, would be uh, ironically in Paris. Uh, there's an amazing 100% gluten free restaurant called Little Nonna, um, which I went in 2019 and then it was fairly new. Um, so, but they're still going. I've, I've triple checked. Um, and it came just as I remembered in that, you know, round dish, bubbling, fresh out the oven. Um, it was amazing. So yeah, Little Nana in Paris. And they also have all sorts of other gluten-free options. So check it out if you're there. Amazing. Sounds really, really cool. Like, um, so I like, I'm a big fan of gnocchi as well. Um, I usually fry mine because I like oh, it to be really yes. crispy on the outside. Amazing. So when you bake it, does it still sort of come out crispy or then do you get the crispiness from the cheese that's on top? Um, how, 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 what's the, uh, what's the sort of texture of it and stuff? Well, um, I think that, so it's a mixture. I have tried fried gnocchi. It's amazing. Um, but I, so when you, when I make mine, I don't just put the cheese on top. I mix it all in. So it becomes kind of, uh, yeah, cheese throughout. Cause that's, that's better um and then extra cheese on top so the, the gnocchi on top of the dish will be crispy and it will have that crunch uh, and then underneath it will just be soft because you you parboil it first before putting it in the oven with the sauce and the cheese and everything yeah um so i think you get a good a good mix of, of crunchy crispy uh as well as you know the soft pillowy gnocchi that that we know and love um but yeah it's amazing couldn't recommend it enough Okay, that sounds good, and I'm glad that I'm glad we established those details because uh, I needed I need that crispiness, uh, and it sounds like you still got it. <laughs> yes. Awesome, and um, it doesn't have to necessarily relate to the dish. But the next thing I usually ask is, what are you having as your side? Uh, it doesn't mean that they don't have to match, but mm -hmm. if you were to choose your ultimate uh, free from side, what what would you be choosing? Well, this is a tricky one because I was trying to think, you know, if I'm having, say I'm having gnocchi at home, I would always like, because it's quite a heavy dish, I would love a kind of green salad or, you know, some mixed leaves to kind of <laughs> lighten it up a bit. Um, but as you have allowed me to not necessarily pair everything together, um, match everything together. Um, hmm, okay. So, yeah, this totally doesn't go. Uh, but I absolutely love, and I would never eat the two together, just so you all know, I absolutely love cheese fries when they're done well. Um, <laughs> this is brilliant. I love it. With so three episodes well. in, with three episodes in, <laughs> and we've had three orders of uh, chips or fries for our side. It's just the Very most good. English beautifully english thing that and, mm -hmm. and one of the people and one of the people wasn't from england at all and it sounds like you you've got quite a you know mixture of cultures in your family mm -hmm. and still here we are with our <laughs> chips on the side i absolutely love it yeah go but ahead tell me about I these cheese fries i wouldn't be able to eat them with with pasta or anything but yeah but sometimes <laughs> cheese fries can be a meal in themselves but um i had these outrageous cheese fries recently which were like super thin like classic french fries so not chunky chips uh, and they had this cheese sauce all over them and they looked a mess and but they were absolutely outstanding um so yeah i could have eaten those for the whole meal um but i just think yeah and then you know if we take the the, the cheese sauce off obviously fries are a great 
um, like, I don't know, they complement quite a lot of dishes. Um, but then if I can, I'd really like to say also that I do love cream spinach. So cream okay. spinach is one of those veg options. Yeah, I mean, we can still call it veg. It's obviously spinach, but it's just laced with cream. Um, it's something, again, which goes with so much. Um, you know, really great on the side of a steak or chicken or fish. Um, yeah, and it makes you kind of feel like you're being healthy when maybe you're not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've got a couple of questions on the side. First of all, you yeah. mentioned a really, really great uh, cheese fries that you had recently. So where, where did you get that or did you make that yourself? No, no, I did not make them myself. I had them at a great place called, um, it's called Poyote, which is spelled P-O-L-L-O-T-E. Um, mm -hmm. It's an amazing, um, again, Latin street food uh, vendor. They have a station at the moment in Covent Garden, Seven Dials Market. Uh, but they cool. do have pop-ups, like they pop up all over. Um, and I think they also have an outpost in, um, in Camden Market for London listeners again. Um, they So they specialise in like in actually gluten-free fried chicken um, with a Venezuelan twist. Um, and But these cheese fries were just like, yeah, I was surprised to see them really because they were kind of classic, classic cheese fries. Um, I wasn't sure what the Latin spin on them was, but I think it's just that they went, they go really well with the, the chicken that they serve. Um, is that so, the yeah. um, is that the like indoor food market at Seven Dials? Is that the one yes. you mean? There's like an upstairs yeah. and a downstairs. That mm. food market is awesome. There's so, so much good, good stuff right? there. It's really really good. Um, I don't yeah. know whether they change it regularly or whether they keep the same vendors in there. I think there might be a street where they like a like a sort of corridor at the beginning where it changes, mm -hmm. and then once you get in there. There's just so much food and you'll, it's sort of yeah. like a canteen, isn't it? Because you all yeah, sort of yeah, sit yeah. in the middle and there's lots mm -hmm. of seating there, but there's loads of different vendors. So you can, you can go, it's actually quite a good place to go. Um, if, if you're gluten-free and you're out with some friends and uh, rather than taking a group of six people to a gluten-free restaurant, if you know there's something there you can eat, you can get your mm. stuff from there and they can get from over there and then you can all sort of meet in the middle and eat, can't you? So it's a really, yeah. I'd recommend that. It's a really, really nice place to eat. There's some really good stuff there. Yeah, no, I do love that. That's, that is the great, or the, the beauty really of all these kind of market, uh, street food places popping up all around that, yeah, you can choose what you want and, you know, at no point do you have to feel awkward or, yeah, like you're roping everyone else into to your food choices so yeah no I totally agree and it's the atmosphere in there is great I've only been the one time um but the atmosphere was fab really good I went once and I absolutely loved it and then I forgot about it and didn't go back for about a year and then I stumbled in there not knowing where I was going I was like what <laughs> okay I'm back here then this is brilliant yeah and it's, it's really good I've eaten from a couple of different places yeah and, and it's, it's always been really good there always been good um so these this one last one last yeah. question yeah. this cheese sauce is it like an orangey cheese sauce or is it quite a light colored cheese it, sauce it was quite light colored don't quote me on that because it, you know the lighting in there is, is quite dark so um but I'm not sure I'd be interested to actually I should have asked them what kind of cheese they use because they for mm. their, um they sprinkle like a kind of classic um fresh white cheese which is kind of like feta um but like the latin mm. version of that on some of the dishes but I feel like this had more to it I feel like this could have had a you know a cheddar in it um uh, maybe a mixture of cheeses um 
yeah uh, let me let me get back to you on that i've actually got a photo somewhere i'll dig it up and that sounds good. And they and they do gluten free fried chicken as well. Sounds like somewhere. Yeah, yeah, if you're shopping in in Covent Garden or Seven Dials, you should you should definitely check that out. Okay, cool. So it does sound really good. It sounds really good. So that brings us round to our dessert. Um, just generally, what sort of you know, in terms of, are you a dessert person? You're a savory person. You're really, really into your sweet stuff. Usually, is this is this the uh, the course that you're always looking forward to the most? Do you always make sure you've got room for it? These are very good questions. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I tend to actually be more of a savory person uh, in general. So I often um, stuff myself so much uh, with, you know, all these appetizers, starters and mains uh, that I don't end up having room for dessert. But when I know what the dessert is, and if it's a particular dessert, I will always save room. Um, I am not a baker myself. I try and I do, you know, there are a few things I do enjoy baking, but I'm not going to claim to be any sort of wizard in, in the sweet, uh, sweet bakes department. There are plenty of other amazing bloggers who, who know their stuff and, and bake really well. Um, but yes, so when I, and this isn't actually a dessert that I make myself, so uh, it's a specific dessert made by someone else. Um, so yeah, when I know that that's on the menu, I need to save room for it and I will. I will. Okay, tell us what is this thing you're saving room for? <laughs> well, um it's it is a classic um cheesecake but with a twist and it is made by my boyfriend Khan. He uh we met well nearly yeah, two two and a bit years ago he started making this cheesecake for me and I've never had anything like it. Uh so I hope that he appreciates this shout out. Um <laughs> It is a classic, like I would say, New York style cheesecake. So it's got a good height to it. Um, and the base, uh, so he obviously always makes them gluten free now. Um, the base is your classic biscuit base, but he mixes in different things with that base depending on, you know, what season we're in. Um, there is one favorite, which we, well, I asked for over and over again which is a dime bar biscuit base so he nice. crunches up the dime bars partially melts them in with the biscuit to create just a an incredible uh yeah an incredible flavor journey um and this cheesecake is um because i know lots of people make no baked cheesecakes or baked cheesecakes this is like somewhere in between the two because he bakes hmm. it a very low heat for a short time but then uh cools it in the fridge so it it keeps that kind of non-baked texture um okay it's outrageous it's great Good. Do you know, I, I think this says a lot about me more than anything else but as soon as you started talking about flavors in the base I was like I wonder if you could put some spiced rum in the base of a cheesecake. <laughs> that was that was that was immediately where my head went, which I, I think tells uh, you and <laughs> listeners and everyone that I have some issues. But uh, we're working through them together here. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe that would go. Maybe that's something I need to try. Try it. Do try it. I'm sure if you, yeah, you just need to kind of measure it properly so you're not drowning <laughs> the base in it. Um, I like rum and a brownie. I think that's where yeah. I went there. Because yeah, rum, yeah, yeah. rum and a dessert is good. Rum and a brownie is good. A bit of rum or something in like an apple pie, that would work. Yes. I've never, yeah. never heard of it in a cheesecake. Chocolate cheesecakes, 
but you know that's sort of standard yeah, uh, and yeah. and or dime bar cheesecake sounds really interesting because you've got that caramel and chocolate yes. which are mm. both things that you you consider as part of a cheesecake but that sounds yeah. really really good sounds really good. good so is it so good that really you should be letting him put his recipe on your blog as a little guest yeah well you know what I've had, <laughs> whenever i post about it people probably think that's all i eat for dessert but um, <laughs> i get quite a lot of messages and requests for please the recipe um and i and i you know, I, it is a kind of secret recipe, but I am, you know, hopefully working on <laughs> getting it to <laughs> hand it over so everyone can finally make it at home. Um, no, he, he, I'm sure he'll share it, but it's, um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a special one. Um, I'm, I'm sure lots of people would like to try it. Um, <laughs> one, one thing that I am going to point out at this point now, because I, I am obviously writing down your menu as we go. Um, yes. We've got cheesy bites yes we've got uh cheesy gnocchi mm -hmm. we've got cheesy <laughs> fries and we've got a cheesecake for dessert i don't know if you've noticed yeah. that. not only so the base getting, link it's the cheese link yeah i'm getting a very very strong uh cheese theme running yeah. throughout your menu uh which i'm all for don't get me wrong i just thought it was worth <laughs> It was just worth putting yeah. it out there. Yeah, I this actually is... didn't clock that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if you'd yeah. gone for a cheese board for your dessert, I think it would have maybe pushed us over the edge. But I think just a cheesecake yeah. we can get away with because it's not it's not cheesy at all, not really. Anything. So no. we, we can get away with that, I think. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, thanks for putting um, that out. That's all right. <laughs> Before <laughs> I read this menu back to you, um, have you got any sort of honourable mentions, stuff sort of near misses that you were a bit sad that you couldn't get in there places that you want to shout out that you think should go go in the links underneath um just as as sort of big important places for food or or meals that you just just a couple of honorable mentions for us yes definitely um so the uh staying on dessert if i hadn't have mentioned my boyfriend's cheesecake which of course i was going to and uh, my other favorite dessert is a red velvet um and again when done right it's perfect light creamy amazing cake um and there are a couple of places in the uk that do great gluten-free red velvet um the free from bakehouse um which again they are um they often have a stand at borough market but yeah. i know that they sell wholesale and um you could probably order their bits online as well um, they do a fab uh, red velvet and also Lola's Bakery, um, which I think is UK wide again. Um, well, Lola's Cupcakes is UK wide. Lots of people will recognize the Lola's Cupcake stands you see around uh, in train stations and tubes. But they have a bakery in West London called well, Lola's Bakery uh, and it's Celiac UK accredited. So they're not nice. fully gluten free, but they they are, you know, they know their stuff and, and they keep it really safe. Loads of gluten free options. They have a fab cake range within that cake range isn't the ultimate red velvet cake. Um, and then um, I mean, we could be here for hours if I continue <laughs> the honourable mentions, but there is one other um, mention I'll give. And, you know, I didn't know where to where to put it. Uh, in my in my ultimate meal but um you know gluten-free pastry is, is such a uh such a tough thing to get right and there are a couple places in the uk that do it right um i'm talking about croissants um specifically uh and 
for those of you who don't know yet, um, Manadu Bakery, um, Manadu London, sorry, um, ship all across the UK. Epic croissants, pan au chocolat, um, just pastries, uh, cakes, fantastic. Um, couldn't recommend them enough. Uh, and then um, there is also another gluten-free bakery called Libby's, which now they ship their gluten-free croissants across the UK. So I would definitely look them up. Um, Libby's is also sugar-free, so that's helpful for those um, steering clear of sugar. Um, but yeah, pastry is just is so close to my heart, gluten-free pastry. And so many places don't get it right, but these guys really know what they're doing. Perfect. Thank you for those shouts. Now, I, I'm going to attempt to read your um, menu back to me. <laughs> Um, but I, th I think I'm going to fall short on some of the pronunciation. Uh, at the beginning, I was like, I'll, I'll, re I'll remember that. But there's been so many <laughs> others since. I'm going to do my best now. And this is if, if there's a bit that's going to get re-recorded, it's going to be this bit. Um, but I'm going to do my best. Okay, so we're going to be starting off with uh, margaritas. Yes. Uh, probably made at home, but they can be, come from El Pastor at Borough Market. They do a really, really good margarita. Mm -hmm. Then your appetizer before you've ordered is going to be a Brazilian cheese bread, which are like cheesy balls of goodness. And <laughs> they are, they can be got from Nat's Cheesy Bakes, which is the best pla place to get them. Uh, mm -hmm. then, uh, alongside that, you would like some embanalas, which are an Argentine, Argentinian uh, uh, sort of, this was bread as well, right? Oh, no, they're the little parcels. They're the parcels, little pastry yeah, yeah. parcels. Uh, <laughs> and there is a recipe for that on your blog. Okay. Uh, it's going to be, at night time, it's going to be candles. We're going to be eating al fresco, <laughs> and there's going to be music. And then you're going to have for your starter, New England clam chowder, and the best specifically from the River House in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to move on to some baked gnocchi, uh, a la Fiorentina, right there, which is a tomato and basil and cheesy kind of gnocchi. And you had a really good one from Little Nonna in Paris. Mm -hmm. Alongside that, we're going to have some cheese fries uh and some uh creamy uh spinach yes uh but you, you can get from is it poletta polotta did i get that one right Poyote, yes Poyote. Yes. okay in Poyote, which you can find in seven dials uh in camden uh, in common garden mm -hmm. uh where in the food court uh and then to finish off you are going to have cheese new york cheesecake made by your boyfriend uh is it calm did you say calm, uh, yeah. and there's going to be some dime bar mixed into the base which is your favorite of the variants that he does how do you feel about that now now you've had it read back to you are you you, you happy with that <laughs> i'm happy with it it sounds incredibly intense and heavy <laughs> <laughs> but i am hungry as a result of listening to this so listening to yes. you back. <laughs> No, it sounds really good. Loads of things on there I'd love to try. Lots of things I will try. Some great recommendations in there, um, both abroad and close to home, which I'm sure is sort of the, uh, the the feel of your blog when people go on there, I assume. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I am. Um, See how I brought that round to your blog for a little plug. I'm just, just pointing <laughs> thank out. <you. laughs> Where can people find you online to, to, to look up this stuff? 
So um, I am mainly on Instagram. So if you just search for The Gluten-Free Suitcase, you'll find me there. Um, and then I also have a blog, thegluten-freesuitcase.com, um, where I uh, kind of I upload my, my city and country guides and any recipes that I have. Um, so yeah, find me on there. And I'm always willing to chat and share recommendations and tips. Awesome. And of course, uh, people can see you live and in person at the Allergy and Free From show. You're going to be doing a cooking demo for us in the free kitchen. Uh, and that's running from the 1st to the 3rd of July. You can get your free tickets uh, in the description underneath the video or above or to the side or wherever uh, it's been put on this particular platform or the Spotify description if you're listening along. If you are listening along, let me just add, can you make sure you like and subscribe because that's what people ask people to do with uh, podcasts. But other than that, just for me to say uh, thanks so much for giving up the time, Alex, and giving us some awesome recommendations, uh, lots for, for, for us to try and look forward to meeting you in person at the Allergy and Free From show. No, thank you. And yeah, looking forward to July and uh, to seeing everyone there who um, who's been listening along and we can all, yeah, share all the best gluten-free tips and meet new brands. It's going to be so exciting. Can't wait. Perfect. Thanks so much, Alex. Have a great day. Thank you, Ben. You too. Bye. Bye.